Welcome to another episode of That's Probably How It Happened. I am so excited for today's guest and to hear your stories. It'll be wonderful. Who is today's guest? So today's guest is none other than Corey Rosen. I've heard of him. <laughs> Anybody in the Bay Area storytelling community has heard of Corey Rosen. Um, I first met him when he was teaching improv at Bay Area Theater Sports, or BATS, in San Francisco, probably like 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, a long time ago. But then I've always been a, a big fan of Corey when he hosts The Moth in Berkeley, and I've taken his storytelling workshop, and uh, he's just a fabulous, very likable guy, and he has a new book out, a new book that's coming out called Your Story Well Told, all about how to tell a great story by one of the masters of great storytelling. And you can pre-order it uh, from your favorite bookstore or go to CoreyRosen.com. We'll have that link in the show notes. And so, Corey, hello. Hey, everyone. Hello. What, what a nice introduction. Thank you for having me on the show. Episode 8? That sounds right. Oh, wow. I love it. Lucky 8. Lucky eight. Eight is great. I remember seeing you um, host the uh, the Moth Grand Slam. It was a great show. So I'm oh. delighted that you've come on our show today. Really nice to tell stories with you. Thank you. Yes, it's such great fun to host storytelling shows. I mean, you know you're doing one right. It's very meta, but you're doing one right now. But hosting storytelling shows is such a wonderful way to just listen to stories, you know, imbibing them and uh, celebrating all of the stories that people have, especially, I would say, in this strange time, you know, where we're sort of disconnected. And yet storytelling has not been impaired by the pandemic in that way. In fact, I think there's so many more and new stories that are brewing up in people's uh, unusual situations. Well, I look forward to imbibing your story today. <laughs> we'll get a beverage if you don't already have one, podcast listeners. Just jump in there. Tell us your story, Corey. All right. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you a story. So it's, speaking of the pandemic, this is a story that uh, occurred um, during, during this pandemic, and it's going on now just about one year. So it's early June 2020. And I'm sitting behind the editing console of my uh, my Macintosh, cutting together what I think is a beautiful montage of happy, smiling children's faces as we are preparing for the moment of the year, the eighth grade graduation. Upstairs, it's another story entirely. My son, Henry, who is graduating from eighth grade, the culmination of nine years at Rooftop Elementary School in San Francisco, a K through eight school where he has been for his entire life, his entire academic life. Uh, he's the co-president of his class and has been looking forward to the end of this year for months and months. But of course, everything has gone wrong. The global pandemic has shut down his school. He can't see anyone. The trip to Yosemite was canceled. The pool party was canceled. The pancake breakfast, everything that I wanted is canceled. And I'm mad. And this is my son upstairs just pounding on the couch, screaming angry at the world for what is taken away from him. I go upstairs. I take a break from my editing and I say, Henry, why don't you just take a walk outside? Why don't we go on a hike? It'll, it'll clear your mind. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm just going to stay here. And I go, all right. 
well, mom and me and your sister, we're going to take a walk. We're going to take a hike. And I think it would be good for you to get away from this, all this stress, because that's really what's going on. I mean, everybody's feeling it, having to stay inside, having to wear masks and me cutting this video together that is itself a, a camouflage of all of that cutting together happy moments and joyful faces and, and sappy music is for me making myself feel better about the world that I'm missing, the world that should be, but the world that we are without. And to my son, seeing all of this is not making him feel better. It's making him feel worse. It's making him feel like all of the things that he wanted, he cannot have. So we get in the car and about 15 minutes drive, we are in um, at the base of Sutro Tower in San Francisco, where off of Stanion Street, there's a little entrance to um, to really a, a beautiful walk. And we're surrounded by tall, shedding eucalyptus trees, and birds are circling in the skies up above our heads. And Henry is walking fast and ahead of us as we are taking in the beautiful quiet of this urban forest. When we get to about the summit of this path and the moment when we're going to turn around, I catch up to Henry, who is stopping and visibly different. Something looks different on his face, and it looks like he has something to say. And I go, what's up? And he says, do you ever notice that on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David talks a lot about golf, but you never really see him play golf? Yeah. I guess I never really thought about that. The ice has been broken. And as we turn around and we walk down the path now with each other together, I see that what we wanted to happen has happened. The walk, the time together, the time outside of the house has thawed the feelings, the upset feelings, the anger that he was harboring inside. And when we get back home and I return to my editing station, I looked at the videos and the visuals in a different light. And it didn't all have to be happy. It didn't all have to be great. It could be what it is because this is the world that we're in and we're going to be for a while. And as long as we can have those real moments with our family and with the people that we love, we're going to get through this together. Thank you. Aww. Oh, what a sweet. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. Sweet. yeah. Yes. Sweet. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird that it's been almost a year, you guys. Yeah. And it's going to go on for yeah. another at least half a year, if not till the end of the year. You know, it's funny. My son just had his birthday, just turned 15. And for most people, they've had a birthday during COVID and this for him was his, you know, his first time going through that thing that everybody else has gone through now. Like, oh yeah, it kind of sucks, right? Right. (laughs) So true. Oh my God. So I know that that parenting is is hard during a pandemic, you know, you've got kids in school and they can't do what they want, but kudos to you for getting your kid to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. That is a total parenting win. I am super impressed. It's not really a kid show, but you've done a great job sculpting that Thank kid's you. sense of humor. I I believe in the concept of like garbage in, garbage out. You know, I think that you need to like properly school your children on like on quality comedy or quality entertainment, you know, uh, even as a, as a, a sort of parent of young children, there were shows that I'm just like, I'm not going to let you watch that garbage because that's like, that, that was granted. That was what I did. I watched basically anything that was on TV. 
<laughs> but now there is so much bad stuff that I could say, you know what, let's watch The Muppet Show. You know, like the old Muppet oh, Show the instead. Muppet Show. Yeah. I love the yeah. Muppet Show. Which now, I don't know if you know, this is like the big thing. It's all over, like Disney Plus now has all the old Muppet Shows, like oh. six seasons of The Muppet Show. So, wow. Hot wow. tip. Great. <laughs> Today's All episode right. brought to you by Disney Plus. By, <laughs> oh, I thought by uh, the Muppets. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Sorry. We could go on and on, but I'm sure our listeners are here for the stories. So, Mike, let's hear your story next. All right. I will go next. So, uh, I worked at a company called SurveyMonkey for about six years. And one of the good things about that job is that I was surrounded by nice people. I mean, not everyone there was Mr. Rogers but if I can work in the place where I can regularly look around the room and think, wow, I'm the biggest asshole here. <laughs> that is a nice place to work, at least, at least for me. But the company grew and, uh, and I got restless and six years is a long time in Silicon Valley. So I quit that job and I joined a tiny startup. But it didn't really have the same warm culture. And when my boss one day told me that he wanted to take the daily company meeting and move it to be earlier in the morning during the winter months, so that people mm-hmm. didn't start sleeping in because of the cold, dark mornings. <laughs> I knew that this was literally the opposite of warmth, and I quit that job in about four months. <laughs> and I started interviewing, and I told uh, one would-be boss that I was looking for a nice place to work, the sort of place where a Monday morning someone would say, hey, Mike, how was your weekend? And this guy paid attention, because we started working together as partners in a two-person company. And every Monday morning, without fail, he would say, Mike, how was your weekend? And I was delighted. And I'd say, oh, well, I, I, I went running in this interesting place. And my, my wife and I saw this show. And I'd say, how was your weekend? And his answer was the exact same every single time. He would say very coldly, I worked this weekend, Mike. Oh, God. I quit that job hmm. in about six months. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, throughout this whole process, a buddy of mine who ran a small software company would come to me occasionally and say, Mike, you should come work with me. I think you'd like it. And I'd say, no, 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 I have a good job. And, and then I'd, I'd quit that job a few months later. So I went back to my buddy and I said, okay, I wanna, I wanna work with you and see how that goes. It turns out he ran a lovely company. It was six people. They were all very nice. Uh, Once a month, we'd have a retrospective meeting where we'd look back on the previous month and discuss what went well and what could be improved. And one of the guys in there would always take the time to make sure to say something kind and good about each other person in the room. It was so thoughtful. And we worked in a a nice WeWork in downtown San Francisco that I could get to with an easy train ride. It was really just a nice, warm place to work. The only sort of non-warm part of it was the WeWork itself. For those of you who've never been in one, it is office space that you can rent. You can rent an entire floor if you want, or you can rent like a like a one desk office, and they are tiny. Like mm. if you want to pace in that thing, you can just stand up and just spin in a circle. That's all you can do. <laughs> like a closet. <laughs> Pretty much, but the closet with glass walls. But mostly, it is just long hallways, all populated by tiny offices, each one of them housing a different company. But there are shared communal spaces, uh, like the mini kitchens where I'd get my coffee or fruit water each day. And normally, when I see someone in office, even something I don't, someone I don't know, I'll make eye contact and I'll say, good morning. And then the next time I see them later that day, I'll, I'll say, hey. And then the times after that, you know, they get a nod. And this is a, a well-known office protocol. I did not invent this. This is how you express your shared humanity with other people in an office. <laughs> 
But um, at this WeWork, no one really did that. Nobody made eye contact. People would aggressively look the other way when you walk down the hallway. Aside from the actual people in my little six-person office, no one there would acknowledge each other at all, hmm. which was strange. It was unlike every other office that I'd been in. But I knew that WeWork was different because our floor wasn't populated by, by one company. It was populated by, you know, 20 different companies. You know, we didn't all have the same corporate masters. We all had different corporate masters. So maybe it just wasn't the same family. But still, I would see the same people day after day ignoring me as I made my way to the bathroom and it rubbed me the wrong way. I longed for the shared appreciation of a Friday afternoon on the elevator ride at the end of a week. And I wondered if maybe the very first tenants who moved into the sixth floor were introverts. So when the second set of tenants moved in maybe a week later and they were ignored by the first tenants, maybe that just established the culture. And they thought, oh, this is a place where you do not speak to other people. This is a place where you don't discuss how Mondays suck by the coffee machine. <laughs> and if that's true, if that culture was established by a, by a small set of people, I thought maybe it could be changed mm. by another small set of people. Maybe I could transform the sixth floor into a nice, warm, friendly place just by starting to say hi to people. Mm. This became my mission. Just say hi. Change the world, or at least my quarter of it, by just saying hi. Mm. I could do this. So day one, the Friendly's campaign, I am walking down the hallway and I spot a guy that I've seen before, works in a neighboring office, and he's carefully looking away. I've seen this guy a hundred times before. I know, for example, that he doesn't always wash his hands after using the bathroom, but I've never spoken to him. <laughs> so I look right at him, and when I'm a few feet away from him, I say the magic words. Good morning. Bad hygiene guy, his head whips around. He looks alarmed and he squeaks out a good morning right back at me. And both of us, so startled by this interaction, we literally walked right into each other. It was <laughs> an inauspicious start to the Friendliest Campaign. What Day are you two. calling this campaign? Pardon? The friendliness, friendliness Campaign. The Friendliness. Okay. Day two. I see that a new person had moved into one of the other offices on the floor. This new lady couldn't possibly yet have learned that this was an unfriendly place. If I could be one of the first people that she interacted with, I could establish a beachhead of warmth. So I lurked. And when I saw her walking down the hallway later that day, I intercepted her. Good morning, I said. <laughs> and she replied back like a normal person. I did not walk into her. And later on during the day when I saw her again, and I suggested that coffee is mmm, she only seemed minorly annoyed when replying to me. This was progress. Hmm. And so I enlisted my half dozen coworkers to join my campaign. And after a few months, they reported that they'd sometimes receive spontaneous good mornings from other people on the sixth floor. This was working. Hmm. And then a global pandemic hit. Hmm. And we all fled that building like our lives depended on it. Hmm. Are my old floor mates being friendly to their roommates and spouses in their houses? <laughs> I hope so. Am I bummed that my family that I live with does not bother to ask me about my weekend since they lived every second of it with me? <laughs> No, I am not hmm. bummed hmm. because when I look around our family room in our kitchen, I am warmed by the fact that I am the biggest asshole in the room again. Hmm. Thank you. Woo. All right. Nice. That was great. Now, I, I want to tell all our listeners that none of us consulted on the stories before today. 
This is true. I did not know what Mike's story was going to be about. I did not know what Corey's story was going to be about. I didn't even know what my story was going to be about before <laughs> a half hour, you know, earlier this morning. Are you saying because there's a theme that there's maybe the theme will continue? Theme yeah, that happening. always happens. That always okay. happens. It's just weird. And I had planned to tell the story because it's it's timely about the pandemic. Yeah. Um, pandemic, and, you say? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I think, you know, for all of us living through this time right now, hopefully it's a unique time and mm. it's not going to recur every, mm. you know, decade where mm. we're going to be locked down for two years. And hopefully we will all, you know, in the future be like, oh, remember the great pandemic of 2020 and 21? <laughs> yeah. and, and we'll, we'll all be sort of bonded by this this thing we suffered through as mm. a society together as a world together and so that's why i think this story will age gracefully because we'll have that bond and, and people will remember fondly where they were in the great pandemic of 20 and 21 so um for me one of the best things about the pandemic if you could say that is is twofold actually i've I've become more uh, in touch with nature. I've done more hiking these past months than I have previously done in 10 years of living in the Bay Area. Hmm. Um, And the Bay Area has fabulous parks and nature trails. And we have like a huge nature culture. And um, there's just so much to explore out here. And working from home, I have a lot of flexible time. And I can pretty much go out and hike whenever I want. And the other thing that is has been quite special about this time is I've gotten closer with my sister, my older sister, who um, she still hasn't gotten back to me as to whether or not I can tell this story on the podcast. So we'll just call her Nellie. <laughs> um, so Nellie and I had not been very close most of our lives, actually. Um, Our father died of a sudden heart attack when we were young. I was 10 and she was 13. And then when I was 30 and she was 32, our mother died. And so we are now the only two members of our immediate family. That's all we have left. Mm -hmm. And neither of us are married, um, although I wouldn't be opposed to it. If anybody wants to. Hint, hint, And uh, so we don't have any kids or, or, or any of that kind of thing. So we really are each other's nuclear family at this point. Mm. We have some uncles in, in the East Coast and other people, but we're not very close. I mean, we don't really see them very much. So mm. it's just us. And so for a lot of years, we kind of did our own thing. We're both very, very different people. And um, starting probably in 2019, we've become closer and closer. And now we go hiking on the regular. So it's nature and it's sister time. Mm. Now, my sister is so different from me. She's two and a half years older. She, um, she likes to go hiking early in the morning. And she also works a full-time job. So she really only has the weekends to do a long few hour hike. She likes to go so early in the morning, you guys. She likes to get to the park when there's nobody else in the parking lot, when it's dark, okay? She likes to be on the ridge when the sun is coming up. 
Okay. Mm. And so for years, I couldn't, for months, I, I couldn't do this. I couldn't get up this early. <laughs> and then something changed and I decided to try it. I said, okay, I really want to go hiking with you. Let's do it. So I drive, I get up at five in the morning. I drive to San Francisco where she lives and we go in her car to Pacifica, which is uh, basically on the Pacific Ocean. And there is a beautiful mountain there called Montera Mountain. And there's a park there called San Pedro Park. And it has a nice little ranger station and a parking lot. But when we get there, the parking lot gate is down. The parking lot's not even open yet. So we park outside of the park and we're walking in and we see a man with a dog. He's also up very early. And he surprises us by saying, good morning. And, and we're, you know, we don't say good, we say good morning back. We go in the park and a, we see walking towards us along the sidewalk, another man. And he's all covered up in a hoodie with a baseball cap and you can't see his face. And I'm preparing to say good morning to him. And when it gets within, um, you know, ba- barely within earshot of us, he abruptly turns on his heel and turns around and starts walking back the way he came. And me and my sister are like weirded out by this. And it's dark. The sky is just turning light. The parking lot is not open. There's nobody else in this park but us. Nobody else is around. Mm -hmm. And my sister, who likes to be in control at all times, (laughs) gets anxious. And the vibe has changed. And she leads us across the parking lot towards where the trailheads are. And we're looking nervously back across our shoulder to see if the weird man is following us Hmm. and we don't we don't see anybody and my sister is visibly freaked out she recently had an altercation with a crazy homeless person in san francisco who spat on her and so she's a bit freaked out also we're two women and we're both kind of short and we're older and nobody else is around (laughs) So all of a sudden I stop and I say to her, look, this is what we're going to do. If he comes back, we're not going to be polite. We're not going to be courteous. We're going to shout at him. We're going to find a stick and we're going to show him he can't mess with us. And he's going to have to find somebody easier to mess with. And my sister's like, yeah, but we're, we're all alone. No, we're not. I said, there's the two of us. We're together. And she nodded. And we headed up the trail and we're hiking and the sun is rising and the birds are singing and the little globe shaped mini flowers on the manzanitas are nodding their heads in the breeze and the eucalyptus are towering above us and the clouds are turning pink in the sky and we're having a great time. We're making jokes, we're climbing at a nice pace. Nobody else is around. We don't see the weird guy. I I realize I have to poop and find a poop nook and do my business like a wild animal. And we finish our hike after an hour. And by then, the sun is up and it's a beautiful sunny day. And there's all these people in the park. And we're walking alongside a paved trail and there's families and And we see at the edge of this wide lawn, there's a tree, a tree, a sort of, 
what do you call it? It's like before a river, there's a bunch of trees. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. And and we and we see a thing in in the grass, way over there. And and she says it's a bobcat. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a log. That's not it. That's not an animal. And we and then she says no, it moved. And and I'm like, it's got to be a cat. Cat. It can't be a, an actual bobcat. It's like you know, 9.30 in the morning, there's people around. And we get closer to it. It's a bobcat. And we watch it for like two minutes and then it slinks away into the trees. And that's when my sister turns to me and says, you know, I really appreciate how you took charge back there at the beginning of the hike. And you told us both what we were going to do in case a scary man came after us and attacked us. And at that moment, I felt like, you know, I've always been the little sister. And even though I'm a grown woman, I'm almost going to be 50 years old. There's something about me and my relationship with my older sister that can consistently make me feel like a little kid. And here... I was hearing her appreciate me for being a an adult and taking charge and it felt really good. Woo! A couple of questions. Yeah, well, I, I also I, I'll go after you. Mike. So I start with the the simple one. So when you after the guy left and you were going to get the stick, did you get the stick and did you have the stick when you approached the bobcat? Did you have a weapon in hand? Or was there no. never a stick? Mm. The stick that was is, a plan if the guy came the, back. It, you know, I believe, no. I believe my sister picked up a stick and we and we walked maybe five minutes up the trail with the stick. And then when when it was clear that we were, that nobody was around, she yeah. she abandoned the stick. Mm. Okay. All right, fair enough. Now my question. Uh, <laughs> okay. Was the man Larry David? Just curious. We couldn't, because... we couldn't see what he looked like because he okay. was all covered well, he, up. So he could have. Okay, so he, he, he was a, could have been. Okay, he could have been. He was a scary, creepy, creepy-looking guy. Okay, well that, that fits the bill. Who did not say good morning? There were so many very interesting crossover parallels between the stories. We had the good morning stuff. We had the hiking <laughs> in the park. We had the early morning thing, which also Mike's story related to that. It had the eucalyptus detail, which I also mentioned in my story. Um, and, uh, and that's why I was thinking maybe, maybe there's a Larry David in this. You know, it, it just was a strange overlap of things. And, and I'm sorry if my story wasn't hugely co- coherent and there were questions raised. And no, 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 we're, totally joking. we're joking. We're joking. <laughs> no, no, it was coherent. I just had, I, I, there were some details I wanted more detail on. So when you go for a hike like this, like what supplies do you typically take with you? Okay, listen. Especially I, for, the, for the poop nook. That was exactly okay. <laughs> what I wanted to know. That's so where I was going. The thing that really bugs me and my sister are poop bags. People in the Bay Area, you need to take those bags with you. You need oh, to pack out your dogs. That's not my question. Yeah. That's not my question. So did wait, you, I'm wait getting, did you poop I'm getting, in a bag? Did you poop in a bag? I am. I am answering your question. I'm getting to answer your question. <laughs> I recently discovered the joys of peeing in the wild. 
mm. peeing. Sure. Because because as a woman, I did not grow up with it being okay to take your pants down and pee in the wild. Mm-hmm. So recently, I've discovered that it's okay to pee in the wild, and I always carry with me a poop kit, a pee kit. And the pee kit is just some tissues and a plastic bag, and I pack mm. out my tissues because the worst thing, the worst thing, even worse than than dog poop bags, is to see bits of tissue that women have left behind after they peed. Like, mm. that is so disgusting. Mm. Because that stuff does not decompose. Hello, your Kleenex mm. is going to sit on the side of the trail reminding everybody in the world that somebody peed there, mm. wiped themselves, and then just dropped it. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's litter. When I see a Kleenex on a trail, which I don't know, happens once in a blue moon, I don't immediately think that some woman had been peeing and wiped herself with it. That is not the first thing that comes to mind. You do not mm. hike with a group of ladies. I do not. No, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, true. I take I take my little pee kit or poop kit, whatever you want to call it, which is a Ziploc bag and a Kleenex, a wad of Kleenex, and I pack it out. This I is this out. is life tips. I, I like this. Life this is, tips. We've gone beyond just the storytelling into life coaching. Uh, <laughs> how to hike with a lady. Um, I just knew I'm, I'm going to carry my own bags and Kleenex. <laughs> now yeah yeah pack it in pack it out pack, pack it in, in pack, pack it, it out. out please oh and another thing that i hate you could cut this out of the podcast if it's too <laughs> annoying but when when people leave zen piles do you all know What's what a, a zen, zen pile, pile is oh like, like piles of rocks? rocks okay that is human graffiti that is 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 as offensive to me as somebody carving their initials even worse that is a, is offensive. It's not, it's not hurting anyone. But is graffiti hurting anyone? No, but it's proof. It's some humans deciding to leave a trace of their remains in a place that should be natural and empty and devoid mm. of human remains oh, or poop bags or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but people love to create these rock piles, and I love to knock them over. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like it's like like somebody carving their name into a tree. It's like that's rude. It's as rude. It's as like that. somebody putting graffiti and or yeah. leaving leaving poop bags. I don't want yeah. to see traces. It of It all yourself. comes back to poop bags. It does. We all have our neuroses, and now we can add one more to your list. There we Julie. go. So so people people of the world, people listening to this wonderful podcast, do do not leave your pee clinics <laughs> or your zen piles. Julie can find them <laughs> for us others to find yeah where Julie can find them uh be a good good kind human citizen and pack out your peep thank you Please. thank you for summarizing <laughs> so beautifully Corey and uh, if anybody out there listening has a good story about you know hiking in nature and this kind of thing then hit us up and maybe we'll put you on the podcast yeah, yeah. what fun this was a great time <laughs> thank you for coming aboard Corey Thank Lovely you for having you. me here. What a nice show. So fun. So fun. Great to see you. I'm a fan. And anyway, your your book, your story well told. Everybody go out and and order Corey's book. Buy it. Buy it. Read it. Um, learn, love, tell stories. That's what it's all about. The book is, is, yeah, it's about coming up with ideas, structuring them, and telling them. Like what we just did today. That's awesome. I can't wait to read yeah. it. Yay. Thank all right. You. Thank you all. That's, That's a wrap. It. It's, it's a wrap. over. It's over.